Hey, this is Al from Omug Comics. Make sure to check out Lenny Vernon Badass Trucker. You can get your hands on it at just about any Omaha and Lincoln comic book store. Otherwise, follow Omug Comics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for our website, link, subscribe, and like, and make sure you keep on trucking. This is Paul Taylor from Hellraiser Judgment, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. Christmas, Moose brought to me Christopher Nicola, Five Nights at Freddy's. Welcome, Horror Hounds, to yet another installment of. Moose's 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm Moose. Today we have a good gift for you. And since it's the fifth day, we'll, we'll spend a few nights at Freddy's. But not with Freddy. Well, maybe with Freddy. Who knows? Instead of burying the lead, let's bring him in. Voice actor extraordinaire. Voice of Foxy the Pirate. Christopher Mercola. Hello. Hello there. How are you, sir? I am good. I am good. <laughs> I am doing quite fine myself. Hello. <laughs> you know, how's life? Living the dream? <laughs> Living the dream? Well, is, is it really a dream at this point? Uh, it's been it's been a really kind of kind of fun. I've been doing well right now. Doing um, I'm actually not only doing a voice acting, um, I'm branching out more into the entertainment. I'm actually a Twitch streamer also because, uh, you know, stick with video games. It works. Uh, so stick to what you know. I mean... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and it's definitely about the same market. So exactly how, you know, and uh, this is such a basic question, you know, I'm sure you get it a lot, you know, how, how'd you get into voice acting? Was it one of those, how'd like you... as a kid, were you just walking around parroting things or? <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I used to do voices a lot growing up, um, but I've always been into entertainment says uh, like I started off doing you know stage acting in, in high school and college and then community theater then I moved to California and branched out tried doing stand-up comedy and improvisational comedy through Upright Citizens Brigade and you know doing films about there and then right around 2013 I thought you know this isn't working either let's try another venue let's let's just delve into voice acting so I actually uh, was trained over at Edge Studio in in LA um and it took like about a year or so of hard work to finally get into my niche. So, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. I say, and you had a couple spots and some shorts. Uh-huh. Uh, as a teenage werebear, which <laughs> is fun. That Yes, I was in uh, the uh, indie film Chillerama, uh, which was basically, like the, the I want to say, like a, a really independent, cheap version of not something cheap but i mean uh, you know uh grindhouse movies type of things so it was like it was four different sh- short films f- horror films filmed and uh you know and all put together in one film 
basically at a drive-in theater. And yeah, I, I played in one short called a Teenage Werebear, and I also was a zombie in the main portion of the film. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it's one of those, like, if you haven't seen this, uh-huh. if you haven't seen Chillerama, you need to go watch it. Cause, uh-huh, I mean, it's one of those. <laughs> you, you, you need to look it up. Uh-huh. It is one of those, considering, you know, the, the directors, uh, you know, Adam Rifkin and, and, and stuff like that, you know, they've got some good, another, you know, um, films under their belt. So to see this, this collaboration, with it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one to look at. Definitely check it out at least once. Yeah, I mean, Ron Jeremy's in Blood Moon Rising. I mean, uh, yes. that's enough right there. <laughs> exactly. He, he's got Good plenty of, you know, acting uh, credits under his belt. <laughs> More than enough, yeah. A lot of stuff under that belt. Or outside of his belt, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, Chillerama is definitely a good place to start. Uh-huh. I mean, Adam Green and Joe Lynch, uh-huh. the, the guys that put it together, no horror. They do. And, like, end of the day, they're horror fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- they've created, with their hatchet character, uh-huh. the modern slasher. You know, an homage to everything. Yeah. But it- it's this new guy. So th- right. they-, they really know what you know they really know what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. so even if it does have that grindhouse feel if they're at the helm you know you're in good hands exactly yes so what uh what was like working on set with you know working on those sets like well it was actually my first venue in uh so it was kind of weird because you know i I mean, uh, the main part, uh, let's see, the, the teenage werebear scene that I was in, it was the luau scene. So I'm actually there. You can actually see a small bit of me either playing with a, it's, it's the fun part of being you know, it's an extra. You either see me playing with a, playing with a straw with my mouth or I'm, I'm screaming at the front of the, at the front of the mic, at the front of the mic, at the front of the camera. Uh, but that was done in, in um, Ventura Beach, uh, uh, Ventura Beach, I think in LA. And then the actual, uh, drive-in part uh was actually a drive-in uh just outside of downey i think is what it was and that was because it's one of the last ones pretty much out there that is still active so but yeah we were filming right middle of the night one o'clock at night one o'clock in the morning so that was interesting (laughs) so are you a horror fan in general or do you just you're more of like all around kind of guy um i'm uh it's not it's not horror isn't uh, injected directly into my veins, but no, I've grow. I would consider myself a horror fan, uh, not a fanatic. I mean, if you, I can, I can roll off all all the classic characters in seventies and eighties, and once you get around to like uh, Saw, then my knowledge kind of trickles out. When they get two thousand, two thousand ten, but classic horror stuff like that, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Don't feel bad. I host a horror <laughs> show, and that's kind of when my knowledge <laughs> kind of tapers because we hit a whole new genre, and it's like, all right. I got to catch up. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't know any of the final destinations. I do know not to stand behind uh, a logging truck. I do know that. So. And yet when, I'm driving. when you're driving, there's always a logging truck now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a logging truck or like a piping truck. Mm-hmm. That you know, they're going to slam on the brakes. And it's like, where, where are these people coming from? Cause when you were traveling, pre-Final Destination movies, you never mm-hmm. saw them anywhere except for, like, in cartoons or in the movies. Mm-hmm. But now when you're traveling, 
they're uh, always right in front of you. Like, I got to move. I got to move now. Uh huh. This is a city. Where are you coming from, sir? Yeah. We don't have a logging industry. <laughs> exactly. What got you interested in, you know, movies and entertainment? Like, as a kid, what was that spark that said, entertainment's where I want to go? I think it was just always just bred in me. I mean, I the first play I actually did was I did a, I did an angel in, in, a, in a kid in a kindergarten play uh, just because, you know, I had our kindergartners had to do it and it just kind of stuck in. And then I just liked entertaining people. I'd rather you know, I, I think it became it came like a uh, defense because I was really bullied growing up until they realized I wouldn't stop growing because I'm six foot two. Um, but I use comedy. To, I use comedy to get myself out of a beating. So. I guess that just being able to entertain people is just where it grew from there. And then I just somewhere around uh, junior high, I did a, a friend and I did a, just did a Monty Python sketch just for grins and giggles on a, uh, on a talent show at school. And the uh, high school drama teacher pulled me aside and says, dude, you should get into acting. And I guess that's what really dragged me in. And then I just went on after that. It's always nice when the, when the teacher or the coach says, Hey, this is in your future. Let's foster this and let's nurture yeah. it and let's let's help it grow. Yeah, that's true. Because actually, I wanted to be in. A, I actually wanted to be a, tra a track star. Because again, tall guy, long legs. Right. They didn't nurture me as enough because you know it's like track, it's sports. So get in or get out, you're done. I need the top or not the best. But yeah, drama. Yeah, it's, it actually makes a lot of sense what you just said there. You know, and th 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 that is a common trend with drama and entertainment is. You know, a, a lot of us who have gone the entertainment route, it's it, it's funny. It seems like it's a stereotype, but you know, there has been bullying, or there it you do feel like kind of an outcast a little bit. And the the comedy and the acting, it's that is that facade you put on, and when that becomes natural, the rest is easy. Mm -hmm. Moose started as somebody i played my freshman year of high school uh -huh. and it just became an outward persona that was easy to portray that wasn't me you know and uh -huh. so now there's a clean definition between moose and paul <laughs> i got you i i understand that very much yeah it, it, it's interesting that you know the, the more i do this and the more people i talk to that how often that resonates that it's like yeah you know i you know i just i felt like i i needed that mask or that like saving point to just kind of get myself out of trouble but yeah it's you know there's a lot of people that rely on that mask and the you know humor to just deal with real life and mm -hmm. th those are the people that become entertainers mm -hmm. you, you have a persona when you're on stage and when it's off you take the persona off yeah so before we get into Five Nights at Freddy's, how did mm -hmm. Hank Pym come around? Uh, they, it'll probably it'll, it's the same way as far as uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. They were both uh, uh, basically I um, there's a pay. I got the auditions off of pay to play websites of uh, uh, voices.com, voices123.com. And uh, that one actually had is for uh, I forget the game. I'm trying to remember the name of it because they actually discontinued the game in 2018, which is <laughs> I get my first Marvel character and they stop the game. Uh, Marvel's Avengers Academy. It was a, a mobile port with basically all the uh, Marvel characters are in college. And um, um, there was a one to actually do one for ha Hank Pym. And they liked it. I, I 
was weird because I thought the character was going to be younger. So I made it sound more like a really young, uh, weird Al. Uh, and come to find out, Hank is actually one of the teachers. So he stays the same age. So, but they still liked it. They said it's a very good scientist. I don't think it sounded anything like Michael Douglas, but it worked. <laughs> you, you, you really found your uh, niche mm-hmm. and uh, essentially a built in fan base. Mm-hmm. You get. Five Nights at Freddy's. Right. That's just been, yeah, it's been changing. It's been very changing for me. Um, Cause actually uh, I do more than just uh, Foxy. I actually do four characters so far in, in, in the series now. Um, for some reason, the, the creator Scott Cawthon just, just likes coming back to me for some reason, which is cool. I, I'm loving it. Um, I actually started from a side project, not sorry, side, uh, yeah. Uh, and outside of the main lore, uh, it was an RPG game called uh, FNAF World, which is, you know, that's basically a typical, you know, Final Fantasy type of game, but with the characters all cute. And um, he made an expansion pack. And before this time, there was no voice acting. And it was just basically him jabbering uh, for anything. And I played the first character to speak that you get to hear outside, which is a character called Adventure Fredbear. And I can go back to stuff in 2016 when it first came out and look at all the YouTubers and just see the shock on their faces, prominent ones, hearing a voice for the first time. Um, from there, it branched on to the uh, game, the fifth game in the series, which is called Sister Location, uh, which brought up other characters uh, like Circus Baby, which you'll hear about a lot if you ever ask ever, any fans about it. Uh, I played a character on that one. I just played a character in an intermission, like, you know, the Pac-Man intermissions. I played a vampire uh, who's denying that he was the father of a child. So it was a very, uh, I'm trying to think, Jerry Springer type. And I did a total Bela Lugosi style on that one. There's a very simple type of voice for this one. It's Clara, it is not my baby type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after that, there was a little bit of a break. And then uh, 2019 is when it really just hit me. That, um, by that time, um, I was still using the pay to play. You know? So Scott and I were still not a very, that's Scott Collins, the creator, um, was not very, you know, business oriented. But come 2019, Special Delivery, which is uses uh, AR technology, and then the virtual reality game Help Wanted. Uh, I play uh, I play Foxy in uh, a Disneyland type of dark ride called uh, Pirate Adventure. So, and it's just been a wild ride. It has such a fanatic fan base mm-hmm. and it keeps growing. And that's, that's the thing. Yeah. And if you just go back to the first game, you would never even think it would happen like this. Cause I've played it. Cause uh, of course I played it, <laughs> uh, but it just comes off as so the whole premise, you know, Chuck E. Cheese type of things in the eighties, you would think it would, it would attach a bigger adult base fan base but come the second game when scott added the backstory that's when it just hits for you know kids teens even young adults they just they just eat it up like candy man so yeah i had no clue what it was and then my kids brought it to my attention Mm -hmm. and like you need to check this out i'm like what is it and (laughs) you see it and you're like that looks like a chuck e cheese Mm -hmm. which is creepy enough on its own Right, that's what the first game was, yeah. You know, and then, yeah, to just kind of take that element deeper, you're just like, holy crap, and now there's books, there's video mm-hmm. games. There, I mean, the, the the lore and the <laughs> just the FNAF world is mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, even me, I'm still just a small part of it. If you really go back and just look at people, the musicians that create songs for it, you know, people that do uh, that, that are animators that use like source filmmaker to make videos of it. It's just crazy. They seem to keep adding characters. Like <laughs> there's like the core five, mm-hmm. you know, Foxy, Bonnie, Chica, uh, Freddie and Golden Freddie. Freddie and Golden yeah. Freddie. Yeah. You know, but then, yeah, you, you start to branch out a little bit and then there's the the, the baby and then there's mm. like other variants. And you're just like, what what is going on here? Uh-huh. What then, is spring trap? What, what a person in a bot? Wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my daughter was trying to explain to me all the characters. She's like, there's spring trap. And he pops up and he's just a character in a box and it jumps out at you. It's a jump scare. I'm like, all right, I'm cool. You know what a jump scare is. That That's awesome. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. You know, but can you tell me more about the character? <laughs> she's like, well, well <laughs> she's like, no, you need to actually out. go in and look. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. So then I start down the rabbit hole, and it's just like, it's never ending. <laughs> it's, I mean, they've got security breaches coming right now. I was adding more characters, and they're all, all sun drop and dew drop, and they're just – Oh my God! This I want to know this too. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's such an immersive world, mm-hmm. and the writers and everybody have done such a good job at creating likable stories for these mm-hmm. creatures. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you want to know more about, like Foxy. You want to know how do he lose his hand. Mm-hmm why how did he get his legs screwed up you know there, there's so much about the character you want to know about mm-hmm. that could be explored and you're just like give me more i want more why is he all tore up and beat up yeah exactly you know and, and then that's where it just goes and yeah they're you know they're, they're puppets uh. yeah well animatronic uh performers but they're designed this way why why are they designed this way who's the grand design behind freddy's pizzeria right and and what happened what is this bite of 87 bite of 83 what is this stuff you're telling me so that's part of the lore also so um but yeah exactly it says you want to know more and then you, you use that you make your own ideas you make your own creation yeah and that's actually what's it's called the Fazbear uh, fanverse. It's uh, basically Scott Cawthon has, uh, you know, said, you know, I'll help if you guys want to make games, you know, like there's a thing called Game Jolt where you, you know, upload your own games for people to play type of thing for independent game players. You know, let me help you make your own FNAF style game. And then people are there's one coming out called FNAF Plus, which is basically a remastered version they're doing remastered version of the original games and making their own spins on it and it's just amazing how how talented these fans are well and that's that's another testament to the brand and the company itself i mean when you're willing to like openly support fans in their mm-hmm. endeavors for this that goes a long way for goodwill nurturing future artists and talent you know, there's just there's so much good that can come out of that. There it, is. It yeah. beats the alternative of, no, I own this property. You have to pay me X before you can touch it. Right. My IP, not yours, mine. 
you know, and who knows, could find the next designer of one of his games out of uh-huh. this uh, essentially big experiment. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's amazing. It is. Yeah. You know, and can't wait to see what they come up with. Yeah, exactly. You know, if more people were to foster that sort of idea, mm-hmm. it would be a much more intellectual world that we live in. I think so too. Yeah. You know, because it's still competitive, but you're you're fostering the creative side, not the cutthroat dog eat dog side. Right. Exactly. Right. So, what's been your greatest experience so far, like with fans or anything with uh, FNAF? Honestly, it's the time I get to actually travel to cons and actually be out there and do like panels. I mean. Uh, I've done LA. I done I like Comic Con, which uh, used to be Stanley's Comic Con. They've changed. Cons changed their name so many times. It's it's crazy. Uh, but that one was amazing. I did uh, the Phoenix one a few years ago with myself, Andy Field, and Kellen Goff, two other voice actors there, and that was amazing. We uh, had major packed out uh, for the uh, for the panel, and then of course you know all the signings and stuff, meeting the people, seeing their seeing their cosplays. That's just what's that's that's what I really enjoy the most about it. It's awesome. Uh, when you're coming up with Foxy's voice, mm-hmm. what what all went through your head when you settled on this is the pirate voice I want? Uh-huh. Um, that actually came from Scott's uh, direction in the audition note. He, he wanted the typical uh, typical pirate uh, with the gravelly voice and aged and withered, aged and withered. I can lisp. So. Um, and actually was the line that everyone know, that knows the most, which is the one you hear the most. So that's basically what I gave. Never underestimate the cunning of a pirate or a fox for that matter. <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, uh, I actually ad-libbed a bit. I, I put a laugh at the beginning, and I think the laugh is what sold him. So, it was like, <laughs> so I put that at the top of it and then gave the line. Said, All right, man, yours is I like. You got it. <laughs> well, and yeah, it's owning the character helps a lot. Mm-hmm. from what i've seen i mean because then you're comfortable you know what you're about to deliver and it's those personal touches that really help sell it bring a little bit of yourself in you are definitely the like the easygoing jokester type of guy so the laugh would be natural and if you were a pirate you would have that big boastful laugh before you had a statement like that mm-hmm. so it, it it's just it, it's a natural delivery and then it fits the character mm-hmm. that's how you get it that's it. you nailed it dude thank you <laughs> so before we wrap this mm-hmm. um where can the listeners keep up to date with you on social medias and twitch and well and why don't you talk about your uh, Twitch stream a little bit, like what games you're showing sure. and stuff? Um, well, I, in talking about Moose, uh, I actually, yeah, I have a uh, my username from an old college sketch persona is basically what I use for every single uh, bit of social media I have. And it's a name. It's uh, Grig Logger. So if you go to twitch.tv slash Grig Logger YouTube or, or anything, that name, you'll find me. It's G-R-I-G-L-A-G-E-R. So it's just a character I had in college and I just stuck with it. So um, 
I'll get more of my stuff like Resident Evil. And uh, if I can find enough people to thwart the servers, I'll do Friday the 13th, the game. What uh, system oh, are you playing? Oh, damn. I well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only if only they had cross cross platform play, because I do have it on uh, I do have it on uh, on PS4 also. I love that game. Yeah, I wish I could have done more, but, you know, lawsuits and stuff. Yeah, I say, there's so much potential for that game, but for what it is, it's perfect. I mean, exactly. You know, sometimes you're you're the monster. Sometimes you're the victim and it's mm-hmm. it's such a dichotomy on life that <laughs> it, is. It, it works out perfect I, I i hope after the lawsuits are settled and everything we do get the content that like is essentially sitting there waiting to be i i think that is too i mean they they can say stuff with this we're never going to touch it i i i don't think i think the moment that they'll drop one last thing okay now we're really done i really i believe that too i say it's i mean that's such a hot property that, uh-huh. you know, a- no. a- anything you do with it, it's gold. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So here's to the future, right? <laughs> exactly. Here's to the future. And listeners, I will post the links to his social media accounts and his Twitch stream in the episode description. You can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Chris, this has been fun. Thank you for having me on. As the as your career progresses, I look forward to bringing you on again and talking more stuff. I'd love to come back, yeah. And be sure to join us again for another episode of The 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. And until next time, Horror Rounds, mash on. This has been Moose's Monster Match. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare.